Welcome to the Family, the Law and You podcast, where we aim to break down barriers and make family law more accessible. Family, the law and you. So welcome to season two, episode three of Family, the Law and You podcast. I'm Stephanie Bell Chambers, head of the private family department at Biscoe's and Solicitor and Director. And as usual, I'm joined by Lisa Gattrell, Associate Solicitor of Biscoes. And today our guest, really excited to welcome Claire Webb from Mediation Now. Welcome, Claire. Hi, thanks for having me. No problem. So it's really excited to have you on today to talk about all things mediation. So how did you fall into the world of mediation? Tell us a little bit about your background. So I've been a solicitor for donkey's years. um, And In about 2004, I went to court with a particularly nice client and it just really hit me that it was really adversarial, even though both her and her husband were really nice people and actually not adversarial in themselves at all. And it just started me off thinking, surely there's a better way than this for people who don't need to have all the bells and whistles of court. Um, And then I decided to train as a mediator off the back of that because it just really hit me that we could give power back to some people, not everyone. Mediation doesn't fit everybody. But those where there's no animosity or there's limited, you know, risk or limited upset, you can actually keep control yourselves and you can keep the costs down. And it's nicer than court. And as we all know, court is stressful. It's stressful. Even when it's going in your favour, it's stressful. So, you know, mediation just felt better. So that was right back in 2004. Wow. And that's interesting. You say back in 2004, you had clients who potentially shouldn't be in court because they could have dealt with it another way. And I think we still have that scenario now. Mm. I think you're right. 17 years on where judges get really frustrated saying, you know, they shouldn't be asked to decide what junction of the M25 the handover should be yeah um, well just recently we're still in that situation yeah in Reby, and you know judge wildblood said only i think it was about two three months ago you know don't ask me to decide on the junction in it on the m4 um, yeah because he's a um a bristol judge but you know it's exactly that why why do we as people all of us society think a judge should make a decision for us on things that actually we know best we know our kids better than anyone else we even know each other better than anything else even when we're getting divorced most of them you know so we are much better equipped at making those decisions than other people so in what way can mediation help do that when we we are quite entrenched perhaps at the beginning so if I may act for dad and someone else is acting for mum, we would suggest mediation. How will you resolve that situation? So I think it's giving a voice to people and genuinely listening. So um, everybody has their own perception of what's happened. We all do. We all have a perception of our own lives. We have a perception of what's happened between us. And it's 
unpicking and talking about what's important to you. So often we find that people feel they're very, very entrenched, but actually when you start slowly working through it, and in a very similar way to you, Will, when you're seeing them from a legal point of view, you ask what their wishes and aspirations are, what's really important. Some things which we all know, some people just don't care about. Some people care hugely about pensions. Some people think if I get to pension age, I'll worry about it then. You know, so once you start finding out what people really need, often you can find a way through it so that they can find something that they have in common. And that often is children. You know, our children normally hold us all together. And what we want more than anything is for them to be okay. So for parents who are separating, Often, you know, once you've established whether the children are going to stay in the home or whether the house is going to be sold, how they're going to spend time with each other, then once you've done that, things like, you know, who gets the microwave and who gets, you know, whatever else suddenly becomes so much less important yeah. and people can find a way through it. So what I would say is however entrenched you feel, firstly, have really good legal advice. Because if you've been to see like yourselves and you know what you can attain and what you can't, because otherwise people come thinking they might like 90% of everything and we know that's never going to happen. So if they get good legal advice first, then when they come to mediation, they know what those parameters are. So they know what they're asking for. And then they can be a little bit flexible, a little bit pragmatic. You know, you've got to every now and again weigh up how much is it going to cost to go to court? And yeah. is it better that I accept 5,000 less, but save myself 30,000 going to a final hearing? So that's one of the biggest advantages then, Claire, isn't it? In terms of cost saving, the cost of going to mediation as compared to the cost of litigation. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely huge. The amount of preparation that you need for going to a hearing, especially a final hearing, compared to the hourly rate of coming to mediation and discussing it. And even, and we're finding this more and more, and it's something that I absolutely embrace, and I think it's so important, is if you feel that you can't do mediation because you don't want to be on your own with the other person, get your solicitor to come as well. We can involve the solicitors. And the one thing that has really come out of COVID, which is a massive positive, is the fact that we're all on screen. So it's so easy, for example, for your clients, if you were with them, to just have you on screen. They don't have to worry about your travel time, the cost of that, booking in massive chunks of time. You can literally appear. And even if you appear for half an hour and just sit with them and give some advice whilst we're doing the mediation, and then if they feel comfortable, you can go. You know, it just makes it so much easier. I've got one, I've got one next week with someone from your office doing exactly that, just dropping in for half an hour and being available just because their client was so worried. And it just takes away that anxiety. So the one good thing that's come out of all of this being online and everything that we've all had to evolve is the fact that we can be so much more creative now. And, and it's I think that is, sorry go yeah on. and that is a concern isn't it sometimes I feel like it's either or so yeah. if they go to mediation does that mean that they can't they can't get any legal advice and that they'll have to agree in that setting that they might then regret something that they've been pushed into and that's just not the case at all no it's not and you know it, the working and um, the families working group um 
Family Solutions Working Group that's just published its report, one of the things they say is we've all got to work better together because people shouldn't have to do exactly what you just said, go to mediation and forego everything else, go to court and forego everything else. You know, there is no reason why we can't all work brilliantly together. And you can give really good legal advice. I can give guidance and help through the mediation process. You might have a financial advisor in there who can pop in on screen for half an hour, an hour, just to give some pension updates and to help them understand it, probably help us understand it too. Um, and all of that. And it's so easy now because you don't have to worry about the logistics of whether you're in Portsmouth and I'm in Havant or you know wherever we all are. We can all just literally dial in and clients have really got the hang of it, haven't they? Yeah. They're brilliant now. It's brilliant. And just to have that collaborative approach mm. to find solutions, because that's what it should be about, isn't it? Trying yeah. to find a solution for everyone, not just perhaps for my particular client or Lisa's particular client, but it's, it's a solution, particularly in children cases, for the children so that they can move on from this, this ongoing dispute or, or acrimony. Absolutely. Um, so that everyone else can then move on as well. And it shouldn't be one size fits all. We, we need to work, as you say, collaboratively. We need to think about what that client wants. Some of them are brilliant and they don't need any support. They're quite happy coming to mediation. They know exactly what their finances are, for example, and they're quite happy in knowing what, how they want to come out of it. But they're minority, to be honest. Most people, and I would myself, actually, I would still want, you know, even with all my experience in, in the job, if you like, I think if you're going through it, you just want someone to say to you you're okay this is okay this will work you're going to be okay in the long run yeah. you know you're not going to lose everything you don't have to make a snap decision and like you said Lisa you know that thought that you've got to sign up to everything on you know and that you're going to wake up at 2 30 the next morning and panic that's not helpful no so how do you deal with a potential power imbalance or um expectation imbalance where one party is really ready to mediate ready to move on with their life because perhaps they've chosen for the relationship to end and the other person isn't quite ready and have been kind of brought to this table and kind of being dragged kicking and screaming because they they weren't used to this situation as yet how do you deal with that imbalance I think it's really difficult and we know that most people don't hit the end of their relationship at exactly the same point so you normally have one person playing catch-up don't you um, so the, the most straightforward ways of doing it is to talk about what expectations are and then to turn those expectations around the other way to see if they feel fair and reasonable. So, for example, if I said I wanted to have 90 percent of everything, if you then flip that round and say, so if your partner had 90 percent of everything, how would that make you feel? Most people, however angry and upset and hurt they're feeling, can say, OK, I can see I probably wouldn't agree to that. Yeah. So you can just use it in saying, look, I, I'm hearing you. I understand. I also think it's really important for people to have a voice. So, you know, there's nothing wrong in saying I'm really angry with you still. I, you know, I actually can't let go of the fact that X, Y and Z has happened. And then we can just talk about that's fine and that anger is fine. 
and you know nobody expects you just to ignore it but as we know especially in finances the court won't take that into account unless it's excessive and you're going to run conduct but in most people's cases it's something that won't get taken into account so once you say look it's better even though it hurts to try and ignore it and remove it with me, then it is being told by somebody who's never met you and doesn't really know you. Well, that's very interesting, but it's irrelevant. And, you know, so lots of times people just need to voice it, vent it. You know, sometimes you have to let one person hear how unpleasant it is for them. Yeah. Because they need to say it. They can't move past, you know, if, for example, if you're being told you have no choice but to sell your house because there's not enough money, um, it's really hard if you didn't want it. If you didn't yeah. want the end of your relationship, you didn't see it coming, and then you're being told, well, actually, you know, there's not enough money there, it's got to go. You do, everybody would have a right to say, I can't believe you're putting me in this position. Yeah. And then once that's said, you can then start working on, okay, so it's, not nice it's difficult but what can we do now to make the end result better how can you now take ownership of this to get the best result you can get out of a situation that you don't like yeah Yeah. and it's sometimes having that face-to-face conversation isn't it because you know clients will sometimes say oh you know we don't get anywhere we I've already tried I've already tried to discuss it with him um you know look at the text message you sent me, look at the emails that I'm getting. There's just no point in us going to mediation because we're just never going to be able to overcome this. But the difference is being able to sit down together in a room rather than having written correspondence going backwards and forwards that can be misconstrued and misinterpreted and all those emotions behind that sometimes when perhaps it shouldn't have been sent at the time that it was. Um, As you say, being able to get that out in the open, having somebody independent there act as a bit of a referee (laughs) if you like in some circumstances for those emotional feelings and to really bring them bring them down a level I think you're right I think there's a couple of things in that the conversations when they're with us are not the same as the conversations they have between themselves so where they end up on that hamster wheel and they just repeat we keep pulling them back. So we will pull them back to where we need them to be. We will pull them back to the facts that need to be discussed. So it doesn't get out of hand, like the conversations that go between the two of them. Um, And secondly, I always give an example, because this happened to me donkeys years ago now, when I very first started mediating, and it really hit home about what the benefit of mediation is. And it was over something really silly. So we were talking about contents and the, the question was, can I have the chest of drawers at the top of the stairs? And one of them went absolutely apoplectic, is the only way I can describe it, and said it was my grandmother's, how dare you, how could you want something that was left to me? And it happened to be the chap, and he said, I just wanted somewhere to put my underwear. <laughs> she said, well, you can have the bedroom furniture. And he was like, well, that's fine. And I, it just really hit home that if that had been in letters, that probably would have been a month. Yeah. By the time the letters had gone backwards and forwards and they'd said, no, you can't have that chest of drawers, but they probably wouldn't have said why. And then it would have been, well, I need somewhere. And and actually all that had happened is he had completely forgotten where it had come from. And all he was thinking is it doesn't match everything else. So I'll take that. So he was trying to be nice and actually just got it wrong. And then and she was like, well, you can have everything else, but please don't take that. And so in probably less than two minutes, we had moved on 
And it was really easily resolved compared to those, as you say, standoff letters or their text messages, which are even worse, that, you know, just sort of ramp it up and then and everybody feels lousy. Yeah. And and communication is key, isn't it? Because as you said, text messages and emails, they can just be misconstrued or if they make you angry and you respond immediately, they do say that you should leave it at least, I don't know, what is it, 20 minutes or, or longer? Well, they reckon I, the stress hormone can remain in your system for like hours afterwards. So if you read something and your the, the cortisol starts going through your system, I think it's like four hours before that will start to come down and you're actually thinking properly without that fog of stress sort of running through your body. We make them practice in mediation, sending nice texts. So if you've got children, the best way to get out of that feeling of dread when you see a text or an email coming up is to start sending really nice pictures of your children backwards and forwards so that you share something really nice. So it might be something that they did that was funny or something. Because if actually 90% of the texts that you're receiving are nice, positive, fill you with you know glee, then actually, when you get one that says, can I change the contact weekend? You're not going to immediately start with, oh, my goodness, no. You're going to start with, oh, OK, possibly. And it's just changing that mindset. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Focus on what is the positive that connects you positively, yeah. which, which are the children. Mm. And we all know, anyone who's ever had a child, however much they annoy you sometimes, and you know, we all joke about we could give them away and all the rest. If you get a picture of your own child sent to you, you I absolutely guarantee people burst into a grin. They smile. You know, even mine are much older and they send me silly messages. Even then, I'm even when it's a silly message and I think I'm trying to work. I still think, oh, bless you, (laughs) you know. So it's a really good way of just having that alliance. Yeah, it's a parental alliance. Ground. Mm. So how can we potentially involve a child or children in mediation? How have you found that working? I love it. The children are the best. I haven't had... All children are different and some are more talkative than others, but I haven't, very rarely is there a child who one doesn't love coming because children love to talk, even if they don't want to talk about what you want them to talk about, they love a chat. (laughs) Um, We do bribe a little bit, we give sweets and goodies and things, we talk to the parents about what they like and what they're prepared for us to give them, so they normally get a snack or something nice. Um, And what we do is we use bear cards, which are... um, they're cards with each individual bear on and they're really cute and fluffy bears but they all have different expressions so they might be happy they might be sad they might be turning their back they might be going yippee jazz hands all those kind of things and we talk to the children about what their wishes and feelings are and how they feel compared to the bears so often we start off by saying I was um there's a bear um which is really happy and I always say you know I was really happy to see you today and to know that I was going to meet you and this is the how I was feeling this bear and this bear to me is a happy bear and then they will say they were either confused or worried or a little bit apprehensive of coming and then we talk about you know how does it feel when you see mum how do you feel when you see dad What's it like, you know, what are your pets like? How do they make you feel? So it's a very soft, it's never, you know, do you want to see your mum? Do you want to see your dad? No. So it's very, very soft. And then we do wishes as in, if you had three wishes, what would they be? 
what's your best dream? If you had to do your best dream with all your family in it, what would that dream be? And children tell you loads from that kind of thing. So it's just talking and engaging, but they're brilliant. The, the view is that now every child over the age of 10 should be included in any form of parental separation. So even from the family um, solutions group. And that came off the back of the voice of the child in 2015. So it's been a common theme now that children really should now be given voice. And of course, in school, they are. They're all told in school, you have the right to have a voice, your right to be listened to. One little chap said he would like to see his dad on a Tuesday because his best friend saw his dad on the Tuesday. And therefore, they would have more time together, as in the friends, if, that, if they did the same. And it was just lovely when you feed that back to the parents. One, they knew that that was genuinely what he'd said. He, they both knew the child involved that was his best friend. So they knew all of that was true. And it just makes it so much easier to say yes to each other because you both know that you're genuinely saying yes to something that is one, a really easy answer. But secondly, it means that you're giving your child what you want. And it's such an easy give in those kinds of things because, you know, we're not going to suggest to anyone that we agree that they watch YouTube at 12 o'clock at night or something. Yeah. So it's just, you know, being able to say they really gave this some thought and this would work really well for them you know another child once said to me it was really straightforward in their mind they said I don't quite know why handover is difficult because if I see dad after swimming he just has to come and watch me do the swimming and take me home and I just thought that's so straightforward isn't it from a child's point of view yeah and suddenly it was like well yes you could do that and it was like well yeah I'd like to do that and then suddenly all of those things that we as adults bring to it which normally make things so much more complicated and what you've ended up doing is empowering the child and yes. they have then felt like they've been listened to absolutely and then also for mum and dad they've got it within their control to then agree what their child wants or round about what their child wants exactly. rather than going to court and putting it in the hands of a stranger mm. who is the judge um, who doesn't know your child doesn't know you and, and what no. goes on in your life in terms of your working pattern activities and all of those things and it's really important isn't it because we've all heard horror stories I think my favorite horror story and I always think this is where mediation it would never have happened if and this was a court ordered that your hockey kit had to be returned with the child on whatever day it was say it was a Thursday and what this horror story then sort of evolved in time was the hockey kit used to get thrown over the back fence so the child was delivered to the front door and then the hockey kit came over the back fence because it was still in dispute in effect now you just think that they were so fraught and so against each other that they couldn't even think about how that must have felt for the child to be dropped at the front door and then know that the other person's going to go around to the back and chuck it over the gate and then you're going to have to go down the garden to get your hockey kit back and you know although I laugh about it now because this was many many years ago it really hit home to me that actually if you sit down as a mum and dad none of us would choose that none of us would choose to no. ask our child to do that yeah and the situation we find ourselves in now in terms of covid and the family lists that it can be quite difficult to get a hearing date in a in a timely fashion so Absolutely. people are left in limbo in the meantime mm. uh, 
case in London where they're just not giving out any hearing dates. They're just asking for the parties to do a short position statement and then they will decide whether a hearing is listed. Mm. Um, you know, which is just not great for anybody. It's not great for either party. It's not great for the child or children involved. And, you know, you're absolutely right because those hearings, they're getting pushed back further and further. And what we all know is the longer it's left, the more positioned you become because things keep going wrong. So you've got more ammunition to throw at each other because there's more examples of it going wrong because you've got this huge period of time. And therefore, you know, even if it's, you know, mediation with a solicitor present. So, you know, if you're in court proceedings, take some time out and say, okay, instead of, we're gonna file those position statements, for example, with the court, we're also gonna send them to the mediator and we're gonna book a two hour slot and we're gonna see if we can crack it because the mediator will have a view in the same way as the judge will as to coming at it from a completely neutral position and saying, oh, hang on a minute, have you thought of this? And if you've got your solicitors with you, you still feel empowered, you have got nothing to lose, it's without prejudice, it's confidential. Neither of you can then say to the court, ah, but the mediator said X. So you've got a nice little bubble. And if you think of that might cost you two hours of your solicitors and mediators time, it might stop you having to go to that final hearing if and when they decide that you're entitled to a hearing date. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, just because you're in court proceedings doesn't mean don't try it because it could just be the thing. Plus, of course, by then you both spent an awful lot of money. You're both feeling completely frustrated with the court service at its best. You know, it, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like it's value for money at that point for no fault of anybody's. It's just yeah. the way it always feels by then. So, you know, try different things, bring your solicitors. You know, whenever we're allowed to see people face to face, it's great because you can all be in the same building again. But even on Zoom, you know, we can do it. And, you know, even arbitration, and I know we're talking about mediation today, but arbitration is quicker. You choose your choose the arbitrator you could be in in a month and it could be finished and you can move on yeah and you know from your own life the longer it carries on one the worse you feel the emotional input that you have and the scarring emotionally you have is goes up exponentially it's just horrible so the quicker you can get it resolved the better for everybody absolutely Okay, Claire, so if we can finish on your top three tips and advantages for going to mediation rather than dealing with your, your issue or your dispute elsewhere. I suppose the first one has got to be keeping control of it yourself. Keep control, stay empowered, you know, make your own decisions has got to be number one. Number two has got to be the cost. The cost is not even 10% of what it would be if you go to a final hearing, even if you come to mediation with solicitors and financial advisors and accountants, we can't get up anywhere close to court proceedings in costs. Um, third, I think it gives you the best chance of being able to have a relationship afterwards. So we don't want you all to be best friends. We don't need you to be best friends. But if you can have a working parental relationship so that if, for example, when your children have grown up and they say come to graduation or, you know, have a baby and your grandparents, you're actually going to be able to sit in the room together yeah. and be supportive of that adult child rather than, you know, what often happens is, it, you know, it, once you've given evidence against each other, yeah. I, I think it's very hard to get a good working relationship back. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And how can someone contact you if they want to self-refer to yourselves or, or mediation now? 
So it's www.mediation-now.co.uk or our telephone number is 02392481183. Perfect. Thank you so much, Claire. That's really interesting. Thank you. Thank you, Claire. If you have any questions or topics you would like covered in a future episode, please email us on family at biscos-law.co.uk. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed this episode or know someone that would, please do feel free to subscribe, review and share on your social media. We would really appreciate the support.